from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. So I think Paul is saying, how about a a grand gesture, something that would put St. Louis on the map? That's exactly the kind of thing that makes me kind of nervous because I could see us completely bungling it. This is the second arch theory. The second arch. (laughs) That is what's holding us back. We only have one arch. Maybe we could put two and connect them with like a bridge. See, this is where my mind goes. And this is why they don't actually ask me what they should do with the money. But but I, I get his point of do something that has a lasting legacy. I'm Sarah Fenske. You may have heard about the $500 million windfall that St. Louis expects this month. I'm talking, of course, about the money coming from the settlement of the litigation over the Rams' departure for Los Angeles. Even after the lawyers take their $276 million, that still leaves a lot of money. And everybody has an idea for how to spend it. Our own Kayla Drake talked to people last Friday outside a Walmart supercenter in Florissant and the Richmond Heights schnooks. Some had quality of life ideas, and some people still aren't ready to let go of the idea of another professional sports team. Mm, I would love another football team, but uh, the city needs more. Uh, it, it needs to be paid attention to first. You know, fix the city up. Yeah. Fix the potholes. The main thing. <laughs> Potholes are horrible in St. Louis, so we need to get it together. More low-income housing and help the homeless. And maybe the vets. And maybe clean up North St. Louis. So many people are going without sufficient housing. And to see people struggling like that is hard. But I don't know, you know if this is applicable. I think money could go to raise this towards like, law enforcement in the city of St. Louis because they're very underpaid and understaffed. Um, so their money could utilize, be utilized there. Um, if it's not able to go towards pay, then maybe we could use a different sports team, like a basketball or a football team. Because me personally, I'm not interested in baseball <laughs> or hockey or soccer. <laughs> but I am interested in football and basketball. so. There's more dollars that could be brought to our city. I think they should bring another football team or another sports team to St. Louis. We miss our football team. Just bring the excitement back, get a winning tradition in St. Louis again. I know it was back then when Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce was here, but we need something to rile the city up. I know we got the Cardinals, but they can't just do it themselves. I mean, we got hockey too, but we need something else. And that is Damon, along with Chris, Stella, Julie, and Kiana, speaking with our own Kayla Drake. So there are a lot of ideas out there for spending that $500 million from Stan Kroenke in the NFL. And in just a moment, we'll open up the phone lines to hear yours, too. But first, St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist Ben Fredrickson had a great piece about this subject last week. And he's here with me now. Ben Fredrickson, welcome. Hey, Sarah, thanks for having me. I, I liked the ideas. Uh, everyone's talking. Everyone has an opinion, and that's part of the process, right, is getting everybody's opinion. 
I can relate to the potholes. Um, I would maybe be a fan of like the thinner pothole covers. You know, we have the steel plates everywhere. Yeah. What about like a thinner one that doesn't jar your car so much when you, that might not be a very good investment. I mean, it would be nice though. I mean, driving <laughs> around in this town, it's like, you know, my teeth are rattling. Yeah. I, I come into work every day with a headache from driving down <laughs> Delmar. Like, you know, just a, a modest proposal. Let's fix all the streets. Yes. People have ideas. My email inbox is, is full of them. Um, everything from, you know, knocking down sales tax to um, improving the dome, which I think is a very realistic one that no one wants to talk about. But it's good to, to get a lot of opinions. And I think the city and the county for now are doing a good job of saying, hey, we want to hear your opinions when they actually come to figuring out who gets what of this money and then also how to spend it, then some of those opinions, uh, they might start to get a little hardened. We'll see where they go with the money. Yeah, I mean, do you think they genuinely want to hear our opinions at this point? This is this is wide open? I think that they want to hear them. I don't know how much they're going to be listening. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this settlement there was no predetermined agreement going into it about who gets what. That was almost shocking to me that they so, got this far down the road without already deciding here's the formula that will divvy up whatever we get. Right. So there is a lot of, um, of course, speculation that this is going to lead to infighting. This is going to and, you know, maybe it does. Hopefully it doesn't. Um, I, I think that that, you know, you talk to Sam Page and, and Mayor Tashara Jones and they tell you, look, they got in. This was a, a group effort. And everyone's on the same page here. There shouldn't be a lot of uh, misunderstandings about where this money goes and how it gets divvied up before it goes. But easier said than done. Um, the challenge for them is to prove that. And to, I think, you know, counter speculation that it's going to be. I think Sam Page referred to my question as a casualty of politics, which was a great way of phrasing it. I asked some convoluted question. He said, so you're basically asking if we're just going to, you know, tie it all up and fighting. And I said, yeah, pretty much what I'm asking. He said, no, we're not going to do that. It's a good question. But he said no. He said no. But again, we'll see. You have to prove people wrong on this Mm -hmm. and do something with the money that, it would do multiple things with the money, but do something that years from now, we can look back and say, hey, People who are on the fence about that settlement, here's a direct line of of what happened with it and how it created something good. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's investing it and you know doing something with the returns on the on the interest, um, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to go about this that that could leave a lasting legacy for both the city, the county, the region as a whole. Do something like that that people who are not happy with the result can say, okay, that that was the right thing. So what makes this interesting is you have County Executive Sam Page, you have Mayor Tashara Jones, and they've been on the same page for a lot of things. You know, they kind of are are part of this alliance. But there's also this third party that's involved in this. Can you tell us a bit about the St. Louis Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority? And and their composition may be changing, as your paper has reported. Yeah, this is confusing. And and this is something that, you know, my colleagues, uh, Joel Courier and Jacob Barker, have done a great job of looking at the makeup of the RSA, who actually calls the shots for the RSA. It seemed like in the, in the settlement discussions... The biggest voices in accepting the settlement, deciding to take the money now versus pushing it, you know, trying to get more money or taking it even toward a trial, that the county and the city, you know, the mayor and Sam Page were very much kind of leading the discussion on that. Mm -hmm. And now there's this kind of unknown element, I would say, of the RSA. How much say does it get? How much money does it get? Where would its money go? Really kind of the only thing that jumps out is probably improvements to the dome. And I think that's probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's not sexy to say fix up the dome, but it does bring in events. Um, it does, you know, bring revenue into the area. And ironically, 
um, kind of what started this whole thing was was Stan Kroenke not being pleased with, you know, the region's ability to, to meet that impossible to reach first tier clause in the initial lease. Now, he was using it as a, leap, a loophole from the start. He right. wanted to get out. But but putting some money back toward that would actually probably be a good call. You don't put all of the money toward that, but some of it. But how much does the state have a say through the RSA? To be determined, that's going to be a really interesting element here. I feel like that's the real wild card. And your colleagues reporting about the fact that Governor Parson is realizing there's a whole bunch of people on that board who have expired terms. We might be getting somebody in there who's a lot more strident and maybe doesn't necessarily have the city's interest at heart than the people who've historically been on there who, who do. That would be a, that would be a concern. Um, and it would also be interesting because the last comments that Governor Parson made about this lawsuit were talks of, well, you know, he would be open to talking about an expansion team if that if that was a part of this. And, and that was disappointing um, because that was never going to be an outcome of this. And I, I feel like people, one of the reasons people are disappointed with the settlement and they, my opinion, and, and I won't try to shape others, well, sure I do, that's my job, is that they shouldn't be. Um, because for a few reasons, one of it's the biggest, one of the one of the biggest financial settlements the NFL has ever handed out. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at what the NFL initially agreed to pay all of these players whose lives were ruined by concussions, initially the amount was less than what St. Louis got in the settlement. Now wow. it has since grown because judges have said that's not enough. But initially, it's one of the biggest settlements the NFL has ever handed out. The NFL usually does not hand out money like this. So you look at that. You also look at what has happened in Oakland where um, a similar lawsuit was just thrown out on appeal there um, because – and I think the one of the appellate judges said it was a Hail Mary of speculation. <laughs> there was some real concern about if this was going to hold up, even if they won – you know, say they won $3 billion at a trial. The NFL would have appealed immediately. Absolutely. And it would have been hard to protect that much money upon appeal. And if they were to lose that or not get nearly $800 million, can you imagine then finding out that they passed up – this settlement. I mean, that would be the most St. Louis story ever. You know, the, people would be kicking themselves in the shin, and it would be this horrible embarrassment to the region. It wasn't that. They got nearly $800 million, and they get the check before Christmas. And they don't have to worry about who pays what. You know, the NFL's got to sort that out on their own, and it's going to get ugly because Stan Kroenke's trying to weasel out of this indemnification agreement. But I think the the fact that they got so much, and it's non-negotiable, is actually a, a pretty is actually a pretty big win there. One of the reasons it's been pushed back against from the public is because some people were misinformed and they had this idea that there was this going to be this expansion team that if they pushed it to a trial, maybe they'd settle with the team. There was never anybody answering. Who owns it? Where does it play? Um, who's going to support it in terms of the the corporate business sponsors who have moved on now to support soccer mm-hmm. or to support other things or just are mad at the way they were treated by by the Rams and the way the NFL treated St. Louis. So to see the governor give life to that theory, I think it was disappointing to folks who were following it pretty closely. That's interesting because, yeah, there was a lot of talk about, oh, we could get an expansion team. And I didn't realize that all traced back to the governor's speculation. Not, not specifically, but, but the people but who were... some air into he it. He did when he yeah. made those comments because he was really the first person of note with with what should be a clear understanding of the situation who I think gave life to that theory. Other people were like national media members, people who are known for getting the league's talking mm-hmm. points out there, or I think people who just wanted to, to get attention because nothing is more popular than saying, well, they'll get another NFL team out of it. And everybody likes that opinion. And then I come around and I'm like, Mr. Wet Blanket. But I did it for a reason because I didn't want to get people's hopes up unfairly. And I also didn't want to skew people's idea of what a win actually looked like. 
when this thing started four years ago, um, remember, $18 million spent on the task force to try to keep the team. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, man, if they get that back, that's a win. I mean, I think if the day after the lawsuit was filed, if Stan Kroenke would have cut a check for $18 million and said, you're right, the league misled you, here's this money, I think most people would have been said, yeah, we, we got our money back. Everybody except it Bob Blitz probably would have taken right. that deal. Right, and Bob Blitz was saying, no, actually, we're going to build a case yeah. that is designed to put pressure on the league. And that's exactly what it did. It had the contract law, and, and it believes still, I mean, they were happy to take this to trial, that it believed it could prove in the state of Missouri they broke a contract. And then it built, built in all these damages and all of this invasive, um, you know, maddening requests for documents and cell phone records and emails and now financial records. They got approved to seek, um, you know, financial information for punitive damages against these most powerful owners that were on this L.A. committee. And they're feuding with each other. They're turning on each other. And it's exactly it came it planned. It could not have gone better. It was very it was smartly litigated. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was coming down to the wire. And people didn't probably pay enough attention to this, that 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 hearing on whether or not those owners were going to be held in contempt of court was coming up mm-hmm. at the beginning of, of this month. They wanted to settle before that. They wanted that. to settle before that. And that's why they sent Jeff Pash, the NFL's general counsel, to that meeting on that Tuesday. And he was there to get a deal done. And he got that deal done. He did. And you, you think that's a good deal. You're making a great case here. I have to say, I know a lot of people were on the fence about this, but but you've been covering this. And it is interesting. Mayor Tashara Jones quoted in your story saying she doesn't think an expansion team was ever even part of the negotiations. As you say, a lot of people sort of um, putting hot air into that bubble, not necessarily reflective of what was happening behind closed doors. I don't think it was... It was ever going to be realistic. The only theory where you maybe say you connect dots that weren't there, if they take them to trial, if they if they get a massive win, and if for somehow, you know, in terms of they, they agree to pay it out through putting a team here. But again, ask yourself that. The NFL has moved two teams out of here. Do you want to be in bed with a league that doesn't want to be here? I, I don't know. I mean, if it was even possible, if there was an owner, if there was a place to play, was it just going to be a matter of time until they look to move the team again? I don't think it was ever realistic. And I think even if you could make in your mind a situation where it was, it wasn't going to be favorable after after the scar tissue that had been created. We're talking today to Ben Fredrickson. He's a sports columnist at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And we're talking about that very fat settlement. As Ben says, this is a pretty good deal here for St. Louis, almost unprecedented as far as the NFL is concerned. What should we do with that money? We do need to take a quick break here, but we are going to open up the phone lines. We're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. We want to hear your best idea for spending this money. When we come back from the break, we're going to hear one of Ben's. Um, This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.
And now back to our conversation. My guest today is Ben Fredrickson. He's a sports columnist at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He has some ideas for spending that $500 million windfall that we're getting a check for apparently this month. Um, I want to play a couple of voicemails we got from people with some thoughts about this and also want to remind you our phone lines are open. 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Here's what Jason said about how we should spend that money. I would spend $500 million of St. Louis's settlement from Stan Kroenke building affordable housing in the city of St. Louis. It is much needed and will continue the legacy of a strong city in a whole new way. And that is Jason. We also heard from Harry in University City. I believe the money should be used for law enforcement, law enforcement and our additional jail space, because as I see it, crime is obviously the biggest problem that the city faces. And in order to attract industry and more residents, um, crime, crime reduction needs to be achieved. Now, that is Harry. We also heard from a lot of people on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, heard from a few people on Twitter. So many thoughts about this. Uh, Dave, um, on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook, responded to the question of what to do with the money. He said, they already spent it. Get out of debt. We also heard from Parker. I think we should use the money to pay off the debt associated with the construction of the dome. We're still saddled with debt. And uh, if there's anything left after that, any other debt that the city has, should be addressed. That way we can get a leg up on our future. So that is Parker, and he's bringing it back to the Dome. Now, they actually paid off the Dome. That was just like one year ago that they finally paid that thing off, Ben. But that doesn't mean the Dome couldn't use some money. Yeah, it could use some some updates and some renovations that could help continue to attract those conventions and things that, that bring people and also revenue into the area. So I do think that will be a part of the discussion that we hear quite a bit about. In one way, because of the RSA, which we mentioned, it's probably about the only thing they could use their money on. This is the Regional Stadium Authority. I keep forgetting their actual name, um, RSA. Um, their job is to maintain these facilities. And my understanding, I think the St. Louis Business Journal has had some good reporting on this. At this point, there aren't even enough funds earmarked for maintenance to take care of the basic stuff this facility needs going forward. They're going to have to get some money out of this or the dome is going to start losing value. And that's, you know, you look at what other ways could they spend their cut. Now, we don't know what that cut is. So there's really two questions that we're waiting to see how it gets answered while also providing our excellent ideas. Who gets what? And then and then after that, what do they spend it on? And, and the second one really can't be answered until you get the first one because you don't know what kind of projects you can take on, what you can start, what kind of programs you might want to fund until you know how much you're getting. So that's really the, the first wave of this is the RSA, the city and the county, determining how to split this pie. So it all comes out of these negotiations, and now Governor Parson putting people on this board, it seems like the negotiations might be somewhat at a standstill until we figure out the composition of who's even running the, the stadium authority. I think we're going to see this pick up kind of after the holidays. I, I think that right now it's a tone of, hey, this is a good win. Everybody's happy to get it, and the sorting out will happen soon. But I would bet this heats up after the holidays, and then we start to see people maybe negotiate or angle in public for who deserves what. They should go 
the extra mile to try to keep this from becoming a contentious thing. Um, that would be my advice. And my advice would be to try to sort this out, you know, amicably and as soon as possible, because what people can't have and what they what they're itching for is for chances to say, well, this is this is politics being politics. And it would be really nice. Maybe it's maybe it's impossible. Maybe I'm Pollyanna, but it would be really nice if if they could buck the trend there. As you say, it would be nice for this not to be sort of that classic St. Louis story. I have hope. I, you I, seem more pessimistic. I am sir. a little more pessimistic. <laughs> and I, I hate this. I, you know, overall, I'm an optimist in life. But there's something about when when state and local government and in St. Louis and Missouri and uh, there's just so many times that prove that us wrong, politicians, yes. please. If this is a public plea. If you're listening, please. Well, so look, Ben, in your column um, that, that definitely caught my eye, you talked about the need to give some money to this dome. It's, you know, as you say, the rams aren't there. But we use it for a whole lot of events that, that do bring dollars into town. You also pointed to something that has happened in Los Angeles that's pretty cool. This is the LA84 Foundation. What is that? I think it's really neat, and it's ironic, right, to look at Los Angeles, the team that took the Rams, as as maybe we should follow their lead. But one thing LA did that was really smart that I think it could be studied here, it's the LA84 Foundation. And what that is is they took their surplus revenue from the 84 Olympics and they basically invested it into a private foundation, um, and I, I would I would botch the the financial language, but they invested it, and they used the returns on the investment to fund all kinds of things for youth sports, mm. whether it's training coaches or you know hosting camps or really not not youth sports like the AAU team that's wearing all of the the fanciest gear and trying to get kids scholarships. We're talking like grassroots level. Um, helping kids learn sports and, and succeed through sports. Kids who need yes. a, a free program to yes. do that. And training, make sure they have the right coaching and the kinds of mentorship that is really valuable. So they have made this self-sustaining thing where they're pouring out hundreds of millions of dollars, but they're also continuing to replenish those coffers through their investments. And it's kind of this living legacy from the from the 84 Olympics. Something like that. And, and I, maybe it's me being the sports guy, but the reason this money is coming to St. Louis is in part because of sports. So I would like to see some of it geared toward helping kids find sports, helping kids thrive through sports, helping them find education through sports, making sure they're getting the right teaching, something along, along that nature. Also, something to keep in mind here, the St. Louis Sports Commission is funded entirely by private investments. They go out and use you know, they need money to go attract events. If we want Final Fours, if we want, you know, to host the U.S. gymnastic trials, these things take, they take bids. They take the St. Louis Sports Commission, which works its tail off to go and try to convince these people to come. Facilities mm-hmm. help, but also having some capital to to put bids out there, that would help too. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind if you're looking for ways to earmark some of it for sports, which which I'll, I'll do that as the sports guy. Everyone else has their idea, and and I don't like potholes either. But uh, doing something maybe to to help kind of uh, strengthen this this sports surge that we've had post Rams. I think that there has been almost kind of a reawakening of our sports civic side after the Rams left. Hmm. And I think it was the way it was that they left, but also the way they they threw the match over their shoulder, right, and burnt every bridge, and really you know slandered us as a sports region. What have we seen since then? Whether it's the NHL All-Star Game blowing out the attendance record for the fan event or the PGA or, you know, the President's Cup coming or even the Ascension Charity Classic, which we set records for, for a, a veterans tour. We are 
thriving with what we have. So let's use some of this to go get more and get better and prove, continue to prove that misrepresentation about what St. Louis is wrong. We got a tweet from Joe. He writes, as Ben mentioned, we should cover the cost of the stadium. From there, he says, let's expand mass transit in St. Louis that could be adding commuter rail on the same line as Amtrak. Use some of those funds to add Metrolink north-south side expansion to the counties. And that is something the mayor had separately talked about being interested in. I want to go to the phone lines. Lavelle is calling from University City. Uh, Lavelle, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi there. How are you, ma'am? Well, thank you for joining us today. What's your thought on all this? What would you do with that money? Yeah, so, so you know, uh, um, I, I have to say, firstly, thank you for having me on. Um, and I was just telling, I was telling the previous lady, oh, and I'm sorry, also, I'm actually driving, so I'm using the boots, uh, I'm using my speaker. I apologize for that. If, if there's a lot of, uh, you know, extraneous noise in the background. So far, so good, yeah. So, any, okay, good. Anyway, so um, I was just telling, I was telling the previous lady, you know, I, I actually live in New York City. I would say probably in my early early to mid-20s, I was there for graduate school. And then I guess I stayed on like seven, I stayed there for about seven to eight years. And I can tell you that the mass transit system in New York City is probably the most advanced and, and most complex, you know, in, in this country. And, and my, you know, and, and I'm, I'm including the subways, I'm including the Long Island Railroad, I'm including the New Jersey Transit, et cetera. Yeah. And anyway, in my opinion, you know, I was listening to NPR the other night, and, you know, you all had several callers calling in saying that it's, it's a terrible idea to expand the, the transit system here. And I have to say that I disagree with them. I think that's an error because, you know, um, I, I feel like St. Louis paints itself as a, um, I guess, as, as a metropolitan area. It, it, it's liberal and progressive, et cetera. And I don't see how this city... Can, you know, can continue to thrive and grow without expanding the transit system. Lavelle, thank you for that. And, and yeah, we certainly, as we talked about on a previous show that Lavelle was alluding to there, our transit system right now is in shambles. And uh, Ben, as we're hearing from a lot of people, particularly on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group, where everybody had an idea this morning, people are looking at some quality of life type stuff. We had someone earlier mention affordable housing, things like transit. People just kind of want bread and butter, stuff that you think would be covered by ordinary tax revenue. But based Based on what people are seeing around them, it isn't. Well, I think that it speaks to me, and, and this is good for me to hear, because I tend to think, you know, I'm in my sports lane. And, and I think this is another reason, too, where I hear from so many people who were disappointed or frustrated or down about the settlement because it didn't include, you know, a team or something like that. But I think that one thing that is important to remember, the city and the county, they were deciding this outcome of this settlement based off of not just sports fans, but everybody. And and a lot of people, I, I think, view this as specific that, a check that could be used for what they see in their day-to-day life. And they're not caught up with, you know, whether the Rams are, are, are there or here or indifferent. And, and I do think it, it's, it's if you put 100 people in a room here and ask them for for 100 ideas, they will give you 150. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I think that's I think so some true. People, and also some people, it is a lot of money here, 500 million post-lawyer fees, which are stiff. But, you know, then again, they took it on a contingency. They were going to make none if they, they lost this. They put a ton this. of work into this. And, and they got paid handsomely. But $500 million is is a lot of money, but it's also not going to be enough to expand transportation and feed the homeless and, and give everyone a, And these will yeah. all be great ideas. But I think figuring out where the best investment of that is. And then the other thing that jumps out to me 
and and you know, as as someone in journalism, we don't always make the best financial decisions. I think that's safe to say. It's true. But I have learned about this thing called compounding interest, where like if you don't spend everything you have, but you actually invest a lot, you tend to get a lot back over the course of the long run. So maybe some of the idea is not so much where to just spend it, but where to place it and then skim off the top of it. That might be something. Whether we're talking about it for for you know scholarships for mm-hmm. for kids or for road repairs, maybe there's some way to take this money that we didn't expect to get in the beginning. I mean, this lawsuit was laughed at by a lot of people when it started. Um, I thought, well, give it a shot to see where it goes. But a lot of people said there's no chance. So we weren't exactly expecting this as a region, all of us. Maybe put it towards something that can continue to grow and we take from that, but not all of it at once. That would be a probably a right long-term approach, although it's, it's not as fun to talk about. I appreciate the guy who said pay off the debt because that's what we should all do yeah. when we come into a sum of money, but it's probably what none of us do, actually do in real life. <laughs> and again, probably not what <laughs> St. Louis is going to do here. Here I go being negative negative again. Lavelle, I want to thank you for that perspective on the transit thing. And again, I'm talking to Ben Fredrickson, uh, uh, sports columnist at the Post-Dispatch. Going to go back to the phone lines. Um, Alexis is calling from St. Louis. Alexis, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hello, thank you so much for having me. How are we doing? Yeah, thanks for joining us. What's your thought on how we should spend this money? I believe the roads here are absolutely horrible. As a student, I drive from Illinois to Missouri every single day, twice a day. And uh, this is my first semester here at Rankin Technical College. And I've already had to spend money on repairing one tire and also a separate wheel bearing. And I think in... You have to think about how many students do drive to these schools in St. Louis and how many people drive to St. Louis every day and how many people those roads affect every day. Alexis, thank you for that. And yeah, there's another vote for potholes. It is terrible that the impression many people get of this city is that they're stuck with a bill because they're, you know, their tire has, has fallen off the car. Um, Tim from Baldwin called in and he didn't want to go on the air, but he did want to add um, in response to your idea, Ben, the LA 84 plan is his favorite. He says this is the idea of we would invest that money and we would basically just use the profits of that investment to do something to help underprivileged youth with sports. Tim would also like to add that he'd like to see more underprivileged music programs funded as well. So that's not in your lane, but that's I think you could you could get behind that in theory. I could get on board. Yeah, helping <laughs> helping kids and and to me, here's here's what my suggestion would be. Do do the opposite of what Stan Kroenke would do. That should be that should be the move and that should be the ultimate decider here. And I don't mean, you know, don't make good sound business decisions because while I'm not a fan of Stan Kroenke and I imagine many listening are not, he's more or less a good businessman and, and has made certain decisions over his life that have helped those those ends. But but do something that has a a a heart, a soul to it. Mm-hmm. Um, something that represents the opposite of what the league did and what Stan Kroenke and Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones did when they when they ran roughshod over their relocation guidelines to take a football team away. That would be my advice. And I'm not going to sit there and be the best to tell you about policy and, and road fixtures, but do something that is a lasting legacy in the opposite direction of the kind of thinking and the kind of um, bloodless 
display that that was taking the Rams out of St. Louis. So here's another thought kind of along those lines. This comes from Paul um, on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. He writes, there are lots of great ideas, but to do any of these, you need a workforce. And we're experiencing now hiring signs everywhere. We don't have enough garbage truck drivers in the city to pick up recycling anymore. I think the money should be invested to create something that would drive tourism and people into our city to spend their money to allow the money to keep on benefiting the metro area as a whole. What that iconic thing would be, I do not know. Everyone wants to say spend it on schools, police, hospitals, etc. But who is going to fill those positions? It's a quandary we're in. Let's research European cities with riverfronts and industrial cities like us in the USA, as Europeans seem to have it more together when it comes to city updates. So I think Paul is saying, how about a, a grand gesture, something that would put St. Louis on the map? That's exactly the kind of thing that makes me kind of nervous because I could see us completely bungling it. This is the second arch theory. The second arch. <laughs> That is what's holding us back. We only have one arch. Maybe we could put two and connect them with like a bridge. Yeah. See, this is where my mind goes. And this is why they don't actually, this is why they don't ask me what they should do with the money. But, and, and I'll stay in my little my little sports bubble. But but I, I get his point of do something that has a lasting legacy. And that's kind of my my, my thing here is, you know, if you, if you divide it in all these different ways, mm-hmm. then I really think that and I'm probably repeating myself, but I think this is important. I think that 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years from now, something should be done where everyone can look back and say, that was what was done with that money. And the more you divide it, the more you break it down into smaller categories, the harder it is for it to have that that legacy. So I think the folks who are making these decisions should think in terms of, can this be traced? And, and what will be the long-term legacy of it? Don't do something that gets... No offense to the loop trolley. Don't do something that gets that gets you know becomes a laughing stock. Do something that that becomes a a, play, a thing of regional pride, um, whether it's whatever avenue you go. But make sure that whether it's a stamp that you put on it or a logo, something that says the settlement helped with this, mm-hmm. and make it something that people can be proud of. Something that'll make this place a better place to live. I like the thinking here. I really hope they don't blow this. Ben Fredrickson, thank you so much for joining us Your today. optimism is contagious. I'm, <laughs> oh, I, I'm really feeling it. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And Ben, again, is a sports columnist at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We have his column linked on our website. That's stlonair.show. You can also join our Facebook page if you want to share more thoughts on what we should do with this money. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske and Kayla Drake with audio engineering, mixing, and editing by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.